0: Okay, so tonight we're going to learn a few pieces from the Lev from Rebellion Lapian, about a capital until him that we are accustomed to say these days when we're in an Ace Tzara. This, is, this has become a very popular uh, capital to say, which is Kuf uh, Mem Bez, Maskilu David, Beyesava Marisafila. And what we're going to do is just learn a few short. Pieces from Rebellion Lapian and his uh, way of defining and taking lessons out from this uh, all important capital. Um, I remember this capital when I was in Chaim Berlin. It was always, that was the capital. In all the yeshivas, you have Shiramalis and Shirlamalus, and for some reason, Chaim Berlin always had this capital. That was their, I felt like that was their unique thing. And I, and I don't know why, but maybe my my. Estimation was that um, that possibly when Er was taken captive, you know he was hijacked uh, in 1970, 1970 or early 70s uh, by by one of the Palestinian uh, terrorist organizations. I think it was the PLFP or something. Um, and the whole Kla Yisrael was was scared to death because they had um, they had hijacked his plane and him and his son-in-law and his daughter and uh, other very and uh, there were a lot of very important people on the plane but Rav Futner was one of the G'dayle Adar and the whole Klai Yisrael was uh, really like opening up the gates of Shemayim you know and and doing everything that they possibly could uh, to Davin that he should be released and Baruch Hashem he was but I always felt like that this was Chaim Berlin's capital because the end of it uh, is Nafshi that release my soul from, from confinement, uh, like almost if there's if you're in prison somewhere, so you're asking Hakadosh Baruch Hu, that to release the soul, and um, but then you know then it seems to have spread to Klal Yisrael uh, in general. It became like one of the major uh, kapitlach always to say based Sarah. And um, again, I'm not saying that Chaim Berlin was Machadish this kapitol tolem, but it seems to me that that was, uh, it was never, at least in, in the world that I was accustomed to, it was never a go-to kapitel until Chaim Berlin maybe popularized it. Maybe I'm wrong, I'm not sure. But the, what does this mean? What is the capital talking about? Just on a very basic level, um, we know that David had a lot of enemies, David Amelach and many of them tried to pursue him, and many of them tried to kill him, uh, but none of David HaMelech's enemies came as close to killing him as Shal HaMelech. Shal, uh, we know, was uh, bent on killing uh, David, and, um, and he chased after David, and David hid with his band of men in a very remote hideaway cave, and... Imagine the scene, if you were David Hamelch and you're like inside of a cave and you hear like Shaul HaMelech and his, uh, and his army and his generals and, and they're looking for you and you have nowhere to go, you're, you're trapped inside of a cave and you just realize that you're completely at the mercy of, of your enemy and the only where to turn, place to turn is the them. It's There's no other option. Sometimes, if you're you know, if you're somewhere else, you can think that you have other you have other you know pieces on the chessboard that that still are yours. Here you're done. You're finished. There's nowhere. You you're at a dead end. There's nowhere to go. You're mamish with your back against the wall. You're this close to getting killed, and this is what. David HaMelech decided at this moment, this is the tefillah that he davened. This is the tefillah that you daven in a state of desperation. And so when we are uh, in moments of despair, like we find ourselves today, uh, with uh, enemies, uh, not only in Eretz Yisrael, not only in, uh, in, in, in the Middle East, but in our own backyard. And you see how... Um, you know how people that were, at least for the last, I don't know, many decades since the Holocaust, they even if they had uh, pent up feelings of anti-Semitism, they were they kept it, you know, away from the public. Uh, from the public, they they maybe felt it, maybe they spoke about it privately, but they would never. I wasn't politically correct to go out and be uh, have venomous, open hatred towards. Yidden, suddenly, it became very woke and very cool to do it, and you see the the, the mass demonstrations, uh, not just in in, uh, in in you know in, in Gaza and in the in, in, uh, in the West Bank, not just in the streets of Iran and other uh, Arab countries, but in London and in uh, and in and in uh, France and in um, and in New York and in Washington. And that's one of the cheshpenes of making this very public march in Mitzvah a week from today um, in Washington, D.C., because politically, it's very, very... Uh, it's very difficult, I imagine, if you're President Biden and you see... You look out your window of the Oval Office and you see, you know, hundreds of thousands of Arabs and liberals uh, marching in protest of your policies and you don't see any Jews. and And so... That has to have a have a next year is an election year, and you know for the presidency, and he he's got to do something, um, you know, to fix his image. Maybe so. If the thinking, I guess, goes that if Kalla Yisrael goes and turns up in in mass in Washington and shows that we also have a voice, we we're not quiet and we're we're very pro Eretz Israel. We stand with Israel at this moment. Then perhaps that could. Have a little bit of a counter effect to all of the mass protests uh, for the Palestinians. So we find ourselves in in great despair. I don't, you know, think that we've had a, a moment like this in the past since possibly the Holocaust, and we've had a couple of very bad uh, tzuufas since the Holocaust, but none as bad as this. This is like a very extreme. Uh, Case that the world seems to be completely unhinged, and uh, we don't know where where the next step is. We don't know what's going to happen, and sort of just like David and Melech in the cave, and you you feel so vulnerable, and you, your enemies are literally at the gate, and you don't know like what's stopping them even from coming in. That's the pacha. The pacha is that you know that we're very exposed, we're very vulnerable. We don't have armed guards. Around, around our communities and around our shuls and around our yeshivas. We are, we're, we're in Golas like everybody else. And maybe we felt more secure in America than the people in Europe did, than in, in Russia did, but today there are many people that don't feel so secure. So we're very vulnerable, and this is the capital of a person who's fragile and recognizes that there's really nothing that I have at this point to protect me except for the Rebbe so let's just go through a few of the, uh, the major uh, yesaitis of this zemer of this capital. And uh, it's a good takeaway to have. So that when we are davening, we, when we are saying kof membeis, uh, we'll have maybe some of these machshavas going through our minds. So, page Resh Vav in the Lev Eliyahu, Cheluk Aleph, Tzadi He, on the bottom, Maskul David, Be amar Marisafil. This is. A maskil by David, a type of nigan, a type of Zemer, Biasimartfila. This is when he uh, was in the cave and it's a prayer, a prayer that he recited when he was in the cave. So Rebelapyan says David Hamalach yaisai Bamara, when he was in this cave, hiskil the Yada Shaime Lefanov Asid Gado of of a Ma umasai. David Amelech understood that he had a bright future. David Amelech was a Navi. David Amelech understood. He was very close to the Rabbi Ishleim. He didn't know exactly how he was going to escape, he didn't know what was going to happen, but he did feel that he has a bright future. He has tremendous potential. He just doesn't know how it's ever going to be able to. Happen? How is this going to unfold? Things seem so desperate for me, but yet I have this inner feeling that I still have what to do in life. And what he did was, he decided that the first thing is to to strengthen oneself, to gird himself in tfila. That's Tfila is the one thing that we have when we feel that we have a bright future ahead, but yet... We feel threatened at the same time. We're not depressed. We feel we're confident. We have optimism. A yid has to have optimism, but yet we don't know how it's going to play itself out. When a yid doesn't know how to play, how things are going to unfold, there's only one thing to do, and that's the daven. I remember um, a story that I heard, I think Rab Shalom was once at a chasna hall with Aaron Cutler in Arts Israel. And Aran, uh, and there was all of a sudden a bomb, a, a bombing attack outside of the hall. And Ravaran went to the ground, as everybody did. They were ducking like under tables. I guess that's the safest place in case the ceiling starts coming in. So at least he should be under some... And Ravsham Shodran heard Ravaran Cutler, who was, I guess, then maybe a man in his 40s, 50s, and he, uh, he was davening to the Rebbe underneath the table while everything was breaking loose and he was saying to the Rebbe you can't take my life away. I have too much to give to Kla Yisrael. I have too much still ahead of me to accomplish for Klai Yisrael. You, I, you have to give me more life. I remember once Rav Pam, one of his most famous speeches was his last Shuvu Parla meeting. Rav Pam Rashiv Tarvadas, very beloved leader of Chalal Yisrael, uh, he founded. Besides for all his other accomplishments, he founded uh, an amazing uh, network of school systems in Eretz Yisrael called Shuvu. It's primarily for Russian immigrants, and he uh, he literally made a ma'pecha. He made a revolution in Eretz Yisrael. And after he died, it was it still it still is going strong. But he was very very sick, and he was so sick that. He was driven to the last parlor meeting, I'm not sure if it was a parlor meeting or the shuvu dinner, but he was driven in an ambulance, and he literally, like, I think he was nifter a few days later, he had no strength in his body, but he was davening to the rabbin in his speech, and he was saying, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, just give me a little bit more life, because I, and I'll give you back a much better Eretz Yisrael. I want to improve the whole Eretz Yisrael. I want to take all of the Russians that are not from and that are, you know, and I could change them. I could change them. And he really did change the face of Eretz Yisrael. But he wanted more time. And this is the feeling of David HaMelech. David HaMelech, and and it's our feeling. Like, we know that we have so much to do. We know that Kalal Yisrael has a future. Everybody knows that. But sometimes we feel endangered and threatened as Davon HaMelech did then, and this is the tfilo that we say, "Be ben Ma'ara, tefila. What do you do when you're in a ma'ara? What do you do when you're in a cave? But you have, you know that you want to get out of the cave. You know that you have much to accomplish still in life. The thing that you have to do is to Davin. The next passage says, K'yilil Hashem Ezak, Kaila Hashem Eschanan. With my voice, I shout Hashem, and with my voice I plead with Hashem. So Rebelapyan says on the top of the page, Mikaidam mi libi Bli Imer Dvaram, Dvaram. Ezak. Meaning that this scream comes from my heart without saying anything. Sometimes a person has a cry. Davanamalk didn't cry, he didn't want to give away his hiding spot. But he let out a cry from the depths of his heart. Sometimes there's a, a silent cry, which is much more potent and much more powerful than even a, an audible cry. So the first step was, says Rebelio, that he, he, he screamed from his heart without saying a word. And once my nefesh, once my soul was, was moved, ani chanin, she kabelas kal Then kaila Hashem is more of a verbal plea. So first, the first step is a silent plea, and then you daven with your mouth. You daven a verbal plea that the zaaka that I already have cried to you should be heard. The next pasuk says bis atef, or the ne- the one after the next pasuk. The next pasuk is. I pour out my my uh, my plaint before him. My distress, I declare by, I tell the distress that I'm going for through. And then it says, When my spirit faints within me, then you know my path. When my on this road I walk, they have laid a snare for me, meaning my enemies have set traps for me. So Lapyan says that this means, This path, this path that you know, you know my path. My path is the Derech Hashem. I've been walking down this path my whole life. And I worked very hard to get to this, to this on this journey. But derech gam shom tam There are times in our lives that even though we have invested so much in the Rabbi we have put it all on the, left it all on the field. We've davened and we've learned and we are following the Rabbi Nisham's ruts we look at, look at us. We're in yeshiva. We're learning. We're davening. We're trying our best. But even then, tamnu it doesn't always immunize a person from having enemies lay out traps and snares. A person should never think that just because I'm, I'm walking on the road of Hashem that, that suddenly that gives me some sort of uh, ability to say that I never have a Yitzhara. My Yitzhara is there, my enemies are there, they're always lying in ambush and I can never get Confident. I'll tell you a story about Rabbi Lafayette himself. There was a bacher in his yeshiva when he was, I think he, it was later in life, so I guess he was the mashgiach in, in, in Kfar Hasidim and he was already a man in his late 80s, I think. And a bacher came to him and said that he wants Rashus to go to a chasna in Tel Aviv. And it was a summer. Sirabeli so Lapian says, um, he "says You can't go to Tel Aviv to a chasna in the summer. Are You crazy? Like, you know? Do you understand what you what what and issues you are going to have in Tel Aviv in the summer to go to a chasna? It's not shayech." He says, "He says no. He says I'm fine. I don't trust me. It's not a big deal. I don't. I don't have. It's not a problem. I don't have. I don't have an issue with it." Sirabelius so looks at him. He says. He says, did you go to a doctor? He says, what do you mean, you, did I go to a doctor? He says, a healthy, normal person has to have an issue with that. What you think, you're, you're so from, you're, you're such a tzaddik that you have no yetsara? You can go into the streets of Tel Aviv in the summer and expect to just not have any, any problems whatsoever. There's no, no issues. He says maybe you should go to a doctor and have this have this problem checked out because it's something. that. He says I am in my eighties. He says and I'm I and 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 my and I, I and I can't protect my own sight when I go out to the streets. He says I don't go out to the streets in the summer. I'm eighty. I'm man. My eighty. I think that my yitzaras is, is done. I am already. I'm, you know. I'm taking a victory lap. He says I don't trust myself to walk around in, in the streets in Kfar Chassidim in the summer. So you're going to Tel Aviv, a Bachar going to Tel Aviv in the summer? That's what it means. was the Tzadik Adar. He was the Tzadik Adar. Him and Ravchatzko Levenstein, Tzadik Adar. And, but he said, tamnu fachli, there's always, the enemy is always lying in wait. There's no such thing as just a point in your life that you're able to just just cruise and just not have any problems. If you think that, well, you know, you know you're abnormal because you have the Eight Sahara and no one else in Yeshiva has it, and none of their Abayim have it, I'm the only guy in Yeshiva that has these crazy Eight Saharas, you're wrong. Every single healthy, normal person in Yeshiva and in Khalil Yisrael has the Eight Sahara. You have to fight it. Yeah, and we have to try to, to do everything that we can to avoid it. But, but it's, it's quite human and quite normal. That even even though if you're work you're walking on the derech you're on this path, you're on a good path, and you're doing very well. You have rabbeim and you have Tam, you have chavrusas and you have uh, you have a good Shear, and you have a good chevr, and it could still happen that you are tamnu Fahli, the Sahara, The enemies are always at the at the mouth of the tunnel, and they're always waiting to attack. I want to skip to Tef. It's a very, very important piece that Reveille says. In fact, I was just... I have this is the Arts Girl Tillem. Uh It's excellent. Ex, it's a its a classic work. It was written by, uh, by uh, Rav Ram Chaim Foyer, uh, who was with Gifter's son-in-law. And um, it's a masterpiece of a work. If you ever... Uh, if you want to buy something really, really good for yourself, this is like... It's my favorite. It's like... Well, I taped it up already. It's, uh, but it's, he writes beautifully in every single capital. He gives a hak-dama exactly what it's going to be about. And then he, he has a running commentary with great um, footnotes. It's, it's literally a masterpiece. So in, in, this, in his commentary, he brings from Rebellion Lapian this piece that we're going to learn together. So he says like this, HaKshival Rinasi, David HaMelech writes, this is already towards the end of this capital. Um, attend to my cry, for I have been brought very low. Save me from my enemies, rescue me from my pursuers, because they are stronger than I. They're much stronger, the people pursuing me are much stronger than me. You have to save me because I understand that my pursuers are much stronger. Look at, look at how Rabel Yalapian learns this. What does it mean, Save me from my enemies? So it, it should have said, Save me me roid What's my enemies? My enemies? So he says, ha, pirish, ha shani asisim Sometimes a person creates his own pursuers. It's me. Right, fi. I cre- I. I made. I created this monster. I was the one that brought upon myself people that are pursuing me. What is that that I? What? Have, what have I done to create pursuers? The sins that a person does, they themselves come back to haunt a person, like a boomerang. You know, you throw it and it comes right back at you. Those are my pursuers. I created those pursuers. Ok, my Shamara the Tana are uh, um what is this is Anyway, um, um anyway, see he's, the Tana says um, if you do one mitzvah, a mitzvah, you have a great like defense attorney. Every time you do a mitzvah, there's another angel that's created that's going to defend you. But if you are in violation of an avera, if you do aver, then be careful because now you've acquired for, your, for yourself a prosecuting angel. That prosecuting angel chases after a person in, a, in an awful way. person does a lot of averus, so a lot of right him chasing after him. Save me from my own enemies, David HaMelech is asking. They're so powerful. They're powerful. You know how they got their power? They got their power from me. I empowered my enemies. Imagine if a person would, would himself create his own worst enemy. That's what we do every time we do an Avera. What we're in fact doing is we're creating enemies for ourselves. Nobody wants an enemy. Enemies are the worst things to, pursue, to be pursued by people chasing after you and, and haunting you and and constantly on your tail, constantly in hot pursuit. But we create that for ourselves when we do an Avera. It's mimeni. Bashmasi, ani ha'si calls it, I Arranged all this for myself. I have no one to blame but myself. person knows that he didn't have and he doesn't do tshuva. Nasim You create, you empower the enemy that much more. No matter what I do, it's from me. The power that I gave that they have is all taken from me. It's stripped from me. The last pasuk in this capital, this amazing, beautiful capital, is release my soul from confinement to thank your name. The righteous will crown themselves with me when you reward me. Okay, so let's see what Rebellion says on this piece. He says, what does this mean? What is this uh, confinement of the soul? What's he talking about? When is my soul confined? He says, these are midas haroys. This is bad midas. When a person has jealousy, when a person has taivas, when a person is always interested in his own ego, his own honor, Rashim these are the these are the root causes of being in confinement you've confined yourself <coughs> with midas Rice. isn't it true when a person is so uh consumed by jealousy who's causing him the problem who's who put him in that jail i put myself in that jail i put myself in the way that the akh sadikem describes somebody with kinah if you ever have kinah and you want to work on the middah. I think we all have kinna to a certain degree. I think it's safe to assume um, that we're, we're jealous. When we see people that are more successful than us, sometimes it's in learning, sometimes it's in gashmiah, sometimes a friend got a, a big job offer, a big promotion, he got into a great graduate program, he, got a, he did a great shidduch, And whatever it is, we have a tinge of jealousy, sometimes it's more. And it bothers us. It bothers us that somebody else is doing better than we are. So the Archer says, I love the line that he says, he says, he says, everybody has the ability to enjoy their food. If let's say you're at a big, uh, a big chasna and there's everyone's enjoying the music, they're enjoying the food, everybody's having a great time except one person in the room. Who's, who's not having a great time? The person that's jealous. So always that guy in the room that's jealous looking around at the chaslan, at the kala, at this or that, you know, the band, the, 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 and, and, and jealous. He's not, he might be eating the same sushi as everybody else, but he can't enjoy the taste of it. He can't enjoy the wine. He can't enjoy the music because he's so bitter and so all consumed with envy that everybody's enjoying life. I put myself into this tunnel, into this confinement. Nobody else put me there. It's my own bad midas because I'm jealous, because I have taivas, because I, I want covet and I see other people getting big covet, other people gotta keep it under the chuppah and I didn't get it. Other people are the chassan is dancing with them first and they didn't he didn't ask me to come yet. And it bothers me. I can't enjoy the whole simcha. Who did that to me? No one did it to me. I did it to myself. Davin Amalch is saying, I want you to Please Hashem, get me out. Obviously, besides for the the Shomik, which is talking about David HaMelech in the cave with the enemies around him, he's asking him to save him from his immediate emergency plight. But there's a deeper pshat over here for us, for all of us that are not Baruch Hashem in caves and hiding from our enemies in a physical way. But we ask Hashem to free me from my containment, from my confinement, to free my soul, my because I'm confined, I confine myself in in my own trap of kinna, of taiva, of coven, I, I created this this gehenim for myself because I I I, I set the bar for myself so high. Van Rabu mit and there's so many branches of this. and they they encaptivate the soul. They they captured my soul. I want to my, my soul wants to be normal wants to be from, it wants to be holy, but it's always mired in, 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 in garbage that I'm not interested in, in this anymore. I can't take it anymore. It wants to learn, it wants to be able to shtag, it wants to have a, a mind that's free for, for learning. Like, like every Jewish soul really wants. What's stopping me? Where is, where is the masker nashi? Where is the confinement of my soul? My bad midas. It's just my bad midas that are, are not allowing me to, uh, maybe it's a lack of itochem, lack of emuna. Sometimes, you know, there's, you ever have like, you don't even know what's bothering you, but you know something's bothering you. Everything should be good. Technically, everything should be good. But there's something perpetually bothering me. What is it? generally speaking, it's just bad news. You have a tight on somebody, you saw something, he didn't give you the right cover, you have a taiva for something, you have a, these are things that a person does to themselves that literally is a, it's a trap, it's a prison for ourselves. We're not able to, for our neshama to do what it wants to do. Our neshama is like suffocating inside of us because we're not normal. We're not allowing it to, to fly and to be free. Then there are people you see in the basement, they're always happy and they're learning and they're shaking and they're, they're always on a high level because they don't let all this gook, you know, pollute and sully their neshama. They're able to just, to just be one with Hashem and let the neshama soar and, and be free of all the, the trappings of this world that keep us down and keep us locked up. I want to thank you, Hashem. I want to. I want to get close to you. Be saying, I want tzadikim to be around me to be to crown themselves. I want to be a tzadik. I want to be I want to be good. But my midas Rice don't allow me to be good. And this is such a it's such a current capital. It's so it's so nageya on so many levels. It's nagaitas like, eh, with what's going on in the world and how you know we think of the the all the two hundred and forty people. I, I, it's just hard. It's hard for us to imagine it. Like isn't it like think that right now as we speak, as we speak right now somewhere in the world there is two hundred and forty yidden, men, women, children, babies. We don't know what's going on with them. We don't know if they're alive. We don't know if they're alive. What they're doing to them, but. Right now there's people that are Holocaust survivors and, and when we dive in these things, I see like, them in like release us. We're they're in a ma'ara, You have to you have to get them out. That's that's the most basic kavana I think we should have when we say this capital, uh, when we say it. But then it's so nageya for us, for our own personal relationship with Baruch Hu, that we're in a ma'ara where we're confined. We want to. We want to be free. We don't want to be in this cave perpetually and always be down and always and always have our neshama like scream at us. Like what are you doing? Like just learn, just daven. What are you looking at shmitzvor? What are you? Why are you depressed? Why are you angry? Why are you jealous? The midas rice. And so I see we have to daven. How do you get rid of midas rice? You learn musr. but Musr doesn't always do the trick. Musr is great, and maybe back in the day, Rabbi Yisrael Salanter was much more powerful. Today, uh, Musr is very, very important. But it's but Rabbi Salanter himself said that like sometimes Musr is not enough, and you need more than that. And sometimes when you don't have any other etzah, you daven, and and davening for midas tayvis is a good thing to daven for also. If you feel like. This resonates with you that talk i have I have this thistyphu constantly, and it doesn 't let me breathe. I have these this kin i 'm jealous of the world, I wish I was everybody but me and i have uh, and I want covet i don 't feel people are giving me covet they don 't respect me they don 't give me you know everyone else seems to be getting so much more covet and me i don 't get the recognition that I deserve. We all i think have this to one degree or another it 's very human, but it 's what it 's doing is it 's it's squelching every opportunity that Anishama has to, to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu properly, to have a melos ta'ira. What does it mean to have a melos ta'ira? What do you have to do to have a melos You have to have a, a, a mind and a heart that is free of all of all distractions. You can't have a melos ta'ira if your mind is thinking about, you know, this and that, and taivas and gaivas and 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 and, and, kas. and if you have a mind that's always Polluted and littered and, and, and strewn with the debris of life, very hard to have a, to be able to be to sit and understand uh, a machlekes and to try to work on a she'er and try to chazar gemara. You are just so inundated with, with garbage that you can't. I'd see "I'm asking, Hakadosh Baruch you could, you could free my, you could, you could remove me from this confinement that I find myself in. My neshama is confined; it's, it's trapped; it's a prisoner; it's a hostage. I want you to release the hostage. I want you to release my neshama. I'd see him I could thank you. I could daven like a mensh. Can never daven. I'm always so full of my, my mind. If you'd open up my brain, it would be like, it would be like a, you know, like a, a of 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 all craziness, of distractions and of, of people and and, and, and issues and, and and problems and family and and friends and and gaiva and and, and, and all this stuff is it's in my head. And we ask God to clean my mind out. take me out of this place. I don't want to be here anymore. Be That that way, tzaddikim will crown themselves with me. I will be I will be uplifted. I will be I will, I'll be I'll be like a real yid. I'll feel my neshama. I'll feel pure. And that's that's something that we all need to do. We all need to, especially in this time that we're so. It's so easy to be distracted. And I think we're all very. Just, I know I am. I'll speak for myself. Like it's very hard to do anything, but. Constantly, you know, see what's going on in well what's going on, what's happening in the world. It's such a, but and that's maybe important to a certain degree, possibly, but but the vast majority of our day should not be spent, you know, obsessing about Eretz Israel, to worry about Eretz Israel. Yes, the dam of of course, but we have to like really work on our on our on cleaning our minds and just being able to focus. Like a laser on taira and on tefillah and on serving our kedushbaru, and to clean up our brains to to release from confinement the, the neshama, which is just it has a few days in this world, a few hours in this world to do what it's supposed to, and then that's it. So allow it to go free, set it free, your neshama, and and stop with all of the midas rice that 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 imprison the neshama that doesn't allow the neshama to, to do what it's really supposed to do in this world. And Mitzvah shem, these are the kavanas that we could have as we're saying this all-important kapitol, kofmembez.